0: Greetings and salutations, homies. Welcome to Talking Points with yours truly, Tim Messer. I hope your Labor Day weekend was a good one. As for today, it's National Cellulite Day. Studies show 90% of women have cellulite, so it's normal and it affects all body types to some extent. So how do you celebrate National Cellulite Day? I don't think you actually celebrate it, but the day is all about remembering to be authentic and accepting oneself. According to the National Today website, here are some ways to spend the day. One, spread the positivity. If someone you know has cellulite and is insecure about their body, you can help them understand that cellulite is normal. I'm not sure how you would even attempt to broach that subject. So I'd probably leave that alone. Two, try to quit caffeine. Most doctors believe that caffeine, smoking, and other poor health habits are some of the major causes of cellulite. So if you want to get rid of cellulite, try avoiding them. I, for one, have a caffeine problem. Three, share your story. People across the world observe National Cellulite Day by creating a hashtag and empowering women to embrace their bodies. Take this opportunity and spread your body's positive story. Okay, enough about that. Today is also National Be Late for Something Day, established by the Procrastinators Club of America. The day showcases the upsides of tardiness, although I'm not sure it is so popular with employers or teachers i think we all know someone who celebrates this day every day so it was a it was a full slate of college football this past weekend and there were some really good games and also some big blowouts here are some of the takeaways uh, from my perspective now i'm going to start locally with fresno state the bulldogs rolled into west lafayette indiana and scored with about a minute left to defeat purdue 39 to 35. Mikey Keen, the transfer from Central Florida, was impressive. He threw for 366 yards and four touchdowns. And how about little Eric Brooks? All five-seven of him. He hauled in nine passes for 170 yards and two scores. The Dogs, who were four-point underdogs, won their first road game against a Big Ten opponent since 2009. And they got paid $1.35 million to make the trip. So it was a pretty good weekend for the dogs. The Pac-12 in their final season has started 13-0. USC has looked great. They've outscored their first two opponents 122-42. And Heisman winner Caleb Williams has already tossed nine touchdown passes, making plays all over the field. Yeah, he's looked good. And Granted, those games have been against two middle-of-the-road Mountain West teams so we won't get a real feel for how good they truly are until they start playing some competitive teams at the end of September. But every team from the conference has looked good so far. Now there were a bunch of blowouts. 20th ranked Oklahoma beat Arkansas State 73 to nothing. Number 22 Ole Miss beat Mercer 73 to 7. Uh, Notre Dame hammered Tennessee State, 56 to3. Alabama beat up on Middle Tennessee, 56 to 7. Cincinnati 166 to 13. Syracuse 165 to nothing. And uh, Oregon. they were dressed up in their all yellow highlighter uniforms. They annihilated Portland State 81 to 7. This is the time of the year. The big boys schedule some uh, cupcakes to start their season. Uh, I'd much rather see some competitive games. Now, there were some competitive games. How about Colorado under Dion Sanders? And, you know, love him or hate him, he took a dead program, which only won one game last season. He flipped the roster. He kicked a bunch of guys to the curb, and he brought in 87 newcomers, including a bunch from Jackson State, where he had been. And he brought his sons with him, including Shadur whom he made the starting quarterback, and all all he did was throw for 510 yards and four touchdowns. And all the Buffs did was upset 17th-ranked TCU on the road as a three-touchdown underdog. And I I had to stay up late Saturday night to catch the end of a double OT thriller. The Mountain West's Wyoming Cowboys fell behind 17-zip to 13-point favorite Texas Tech, but ended up sending the game into overtime and winning 35-33 to 33 on a two-point conversion run. Now I wonder if that 7,200-foot altitude is a home-field advantage. I know I feel pretty winded when I go to the mountains, so maybe so. Oregon State and Washington State, they both look strong this weekend. Uh, those are going to be the last two teams left from the Pac-12. and With the American Athletic Association saying they're, they're not interested in expanding westward, the likeliest scenarios have those teams either joining the Mountain West or becoming independents. The most far-fetched scenario has the Beavers and Cougars rebuilding the Pac-12 by raiding rival leagues. That would actually make those programs the most money, I think, and it might not be so hard to get some of the so-called mid-majors to come if it meant they would now be in a Power 5 conference. Now, While that isn't likely to happen, I thought it would be fun to see kind of imagine what a new Pac-12 would look like. Assuming they would want to add 10 teams to return to a total of 12, the most obvious move and the one that would make the most sense would be to pluck the best programs from the Mountain West. They would need good football programs, but basketball is also a money-making sport, so those would be the main drivers. So let's start with Boise State. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, they might have a down year if the drubbing at the hands of a powerful Washington team is any indication, but they've established a pretty good football tradition over the last 20 years or so. And San Diego State is a shoe-in, I think. The Aztecs would help fill some of that SoCal void left by the UCLA-USC departures, and they have strong programs. I mean, their hoops team played for the national championship last season. Football is never a slouch, and their baseball team has a decent tradition. Fresno State would give them another California presence right in the middle of the state. The football program has the third longest active winning streak in FBS right now at 10 games. And while their football stadium is in dire need of some upgrades and expansion, they could compete right away. The Save Mart Center is a large arena, but until they put a more competitive product on the floor, it will continue to look extremely empty as it has the last few seasons. And though it's been a while... The baseball and softball teams have both won national titles. San Jose State is a possibility. They played two ranked Pac-12 teams to start the season and haven't really been competitive in those games. I'm sure they've always been considered a little brother to Stanford and Cal in the Bay Area, and understandably so in their history. The Spartans are 14-52-1 against Stanford and and 6-29 against Cal. But with the Cardinal and Bears leaving, San Jose State is the only remaining option in the region. Now The Nevada schools would seem like a good fit. UNLV and Nevada probably have more impressive basketball resumes overall, but they have good facilities and they'd have the whole state of Nevada. Utah State and Colorado State could replace Utah and Colorado. Yeah, I know it's pretty simplistic, but there aren't many other options. Let's see. At leaves two more to pick up to make a dozen. Throw in New Mexico, who's usually good at basketball, but pretty bad on the gridiron, and maybe Wyoming. Now here's a thought. If the ACC can grab two schools from California, why can't the Pac-12 pick up programs from the East Coast? How about UConn, who's currently a football independent and has a fantastic basketball history? How about grab some Texas territory and poach Texas State from the Sun Belt, or Texas San Antonio from the American Athletic? This is kind of like a fantasy draft, but it's all in good fun. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to warn you now. The next topic is going to be pretty explicit, and there may be some language, but only done in a manner that aptly describes what happened. And with that said, did anyone follow the Burning Man story this, this uh, weekend? In case you don't know what Burning Man is, which... Didn't really. Its organizers claim it is a week long, large scale desert campout focused on community, art, self expression, and self reliance held annually in Black Rock City in northern Nevada. That's north of Reno. But many see it as something else a week filled with drugs and sex and debauchery where they basically worship a false idol, a burning man. That's the culmination of the event, and some say it simulates human sacrifice. I really never did a deep dive before to see exactly what it's all about, so I did the research so you don't have to. First of all, I'm not sure what's worse—the events at this festival—or the fact that it—it it doesn't surprise me at all. Dism- dismay and shock, maybe. Surprise? No. So here are some of the bizarre events that took place at the Burning Man Festival. I'm going to warn you again, it's not for the faint of heart. Now, to start off their day, men could head to the Morning Has Come, So Can You, Circle Jerk event, where they could join other naked guys to, quote, stroke your morning wood together. Normal people like to start their day off with a cup of coffee, but, okay. Um... Yeah, I told you it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be nice. There's something for the ladies too with body washes and happy ending massages offered every day. I get the feeling by body wash they aren't talking about your typical shower. Attendees could then head on over to the naughty naked village to receive their daily whipping where they could get their spanking from the resident Domina priestess domina domina priestess i'm not sure of the 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 lingo in that weird world the famous orgy dome held regular talks on consent while offering a place for couples and morsums to have some fun together i can proudly say that even in my old sin-filled life i never participated in anything more than a twosome. Hypnotherapist David Mears also conducted group orgasm hypnosis sessions on the playa every day. Uh, there's a little more information on that, but you kind of get the gist. For the competitive types, there was scheduled to be plenty of ridiculous competitions to take part in, including three days of cockfighting where competitors can quote work out that big dick energy end quote as they go up against each other at the burner brown camp burners could also go head to head in fierce battles at the death guild thunderdome every night and there were prizes to be won at the double-sided dildo fencing tournament where competitors were invited to get Respectfully weird at the Comfy Cozy Voodoo Lounge. Is that enough examples for you? Because I have more! The annual Naked Oil Wrestling competitions returned too, with the gymnasium camp providing burners with all the coconut oil they would need. Night owls could participate in the Naked Midnight Run, and early risers could start their mornings with some Relaxing yoga, done naked, of course. Now, obviously, if you haven't figured it out by now, clothing is optional at Burning Man. There was no shortage of naked activities offered, including naked dinosaur rides, naked pub crawls, naked pirate parties, naked karaoke, naked beer fun runs, and naked sunset runs. For those wanting to decorate their naked bodies, there were dirty henna sessions where burners could get all the dirty places of their body covered. But wait, there's more. At the Pimp Your Dick workshop... <laughs> I'm sorry. At the, at the Pimp Your Dick workshop, crafters were given the materials to make their own leather cock ring and revelers are even invited to bury your buns at regular ass branding sessions. I'm sorry. I and I can't even tell you what was in the bubble tea being served up at the United uh Effers market. I can't I can't even say it. I I can't I can't anymore. I think you get the idea of what Burning Man is all about. So This year, the festival ended up uh, in disaster for more than 70,000 attendees. That's what a lot of the headlines say. I think disaster may be overstating it a bit, but God had enough, and he dumped three months of rain upon them in 24 hours. It was enough to turn the festival into a giant mud hole. No one could get out or come in. Attendees were told to shelter in place and conserve resources, They ran out of food, water, supplies, and had no working bathrooms. There are videos of people who literally walked six miles through the thick mud to get to the next town. They were able to get the roads open and people are making their way back home. And I'm only half kidding about God punishing them with the rain. The reason I decided to address this story in all seriousness is because we as Christians sometimes bury our heads in the sand. We don't want to hear that 70,000 people would engage in a week-long Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, we've all heard of Burning Man, but until I really did the research, I didn't realize just how paganistic it is. Now, the libertarian in me says, as long as these people are carrying on in the middle of the desert, not bothering anyone, it doesn't matter to me. But it's about more than just a week-long festival. Look, we have many believers in this country. But we fell asleep. We got complacent we need to awaken and realize we we're in great danger. Satan isn't just working in the desert once a year. Those people who attend that festival probably have like-minded friends and family back home. So it's also more than just 70,000 people. Multiply that number exponentially. That's what we're up against. Satanists are attaining great influence in America in politics, in commerce, and in the entertainment industry. I'd like to think America is still a Christian nation, but it is under constant attack from the enemy. Stay vigilant, my friends. Stay in the word. Don't get distracted by what mainstream TV, movies, news media, and music are trying to throw at you. Football season is starting, and it's a great time of year. High school, college, and pro. And if you're like me, you're in at least one fantasy league, too. But again, don't get too distracted. Trust me. I know. It's a struggle for me sometimes. Thanks for listening today. This show is available on Apple and Spotify. Please follow this podcast, and if you like what you heard, share it with somebody. I'd really appreciate it. Keep on keeping on, and remember to be kind to one another. God bless.